Welcome to the Effortless English Show with the world's number one English teacher, AJ Hogue, where AJ's more than 40 million students worldwide finally learn English once and for all without the boring textbooks, classrooms, and grammar drills. Here's AJ with a quick piece to help you learn to speak fluent English effortlessly. Hi, my name is AJ Hogue, the author of Effortless English, Learn to Speak English Like a Native. That's my book. Get it on Amazon.com. Effortless English. Learn to speak English like a native. More importantly, join my VIP program. Become part of my VIP system. Train your English to speak English powerfully. Speak English fluently. To speak English effortlessly you need a system to do that you've got a train you need a system well I've created that system for you all you do very simple every 15 days download the new files audios and text mostly and listen to them listen every day one hour two hours a day I recommend two hours a day of course that's better but that's all simple the rest of the system, I did it for you. That's why our VIP members have had so much success. So many great, successful VIP members. And of course, now at the beginning of the year, when you make your New Year's resolutions, I hope, I'm guessing, probably, one of your New Year's resolutions is to improve your English speaking a lot. To speak fluently and powerfully and effortlessly. Maybe even to speak like a native speaker, that very high level of English. And for that, I'd recommend adding my pronunciation course too. When you get to that advanced, very advanced level, you're going to need that pronunciation course also. If you're a little bit lower level, if you're more of an intermediate kind of level, Start with just VIP only. That's enough for a while. When you start feeling like uh, VIP is getting easier for you, your speaking is improving, that's a good time to then add the pronunciation course and do both at the same time. That'll really give you a second jump, a second big improvement to your English speaking. Get started. Both courses, plus my other courses, are all at EffortlessEnglishClub.com Go to EffortlessEnglishClub.com On your phone, on your computer, on the internet EffortlessEnglishClub.com Fear is the mind killer. Fear is the mind killer. That's a phrase, a sentence from the book Dune. Maybe you've heard of Dune. Those of you who are uh, fans of classic or older science fiction may know the book Dune. They made a movie. Actually, I think they made two versions. I think they made two different movies of Dune. I've only seen one of them and it was not good. It's the David Lynch 
version of Dune, which is kind of an old movie now. I think it was made back in the, wow, maybe back in the 80s or maybe 90s. Anyway, not a very good movie. Uh, if you've read the book, very disappointing. The book is much better. It's a great book. Really great. Interesting science fiction. Probably a little advanced, though. Uh, not so easy to read. You know, it's probably this in a, a similar level as something like Lord of the Rings, which is also quite difficult, I would think, for most people. If you want to start with Tolkien, just talking about books for a minute, uh, The Hobbit is actually an easy, easier book. The Hobbit is more like, uh, I won't say kid's book, but it's certainly written with kind of a younger audience in mind. It's a light and kind of funny book. You know, again, those Hobbit movies, the recent movies for The Hobbit, they're terrible, awful. I really hated them because they are, uh, not only did he change the story some, but the thing that really makes those movies bad is the complete feeling of the movies is totally different than the book, right? Uh, Peter Jackson, the guy who did the recent Hobbit movies, he first of all, he did three movies, which is ridiculous because it's, it's kind of a, it's a shorter book. It's just one book. So he tried to stretch it out for money. But he, he tried to, he made the Hobbit movie in, into this kind of serious, maybe a little bit dark feeling. You know, he, he tried to match it to Lord of the Rings. And indeed, the Lord of the Rings books are quite serious. There's kind of a serious feeling and what we call tone, right? The overall feeling of the books. Uh, Lord of the Rings is kind of serious, a little more heavy, uh, a little darker. You know, there's kind of this big evil in the world. Um... So he, I thought he did a pretty good job with the Lord of the Rings movies, Peter Jackson. You know, the, those three movies are have the same feeling as the book, so it's a good match. But The Hobbit, he did a terrible job because, see, The Hobbit book, the story, is has a totally different feeling. The book, The Hobbit, about Bilbo Baggins, you know, it's very, very light. It's very light. It's very, it's kind of funny. There's a lot of humor in it. It's not heavy. It's not serious. Uh, the Hobbit book does not focus on the, the big evil ring and the big evil guys. Not at all. Very, very, very light. I mean, there's some serious parts in it, but there are also many kind of funny parts in it. And Bilbo, the character Bilbo, is, is a very kind of funny, comical character in those books. You don't get that at all. When you watch the movies, you don't get that feeling at all, which is uh, terrible. The other thing, nice thing about it is that the Hobbit book is easier to read. I think the sentences and the vocabulary are easier. So if you want to start with Tolkien, J.R.R. Tolkien, if you, want, if you would like to actually read one of his books, not just watch the movies, I would recommend uh, starting with The Hobbit. It's an easier book by far and shorter. Now, the Lord of the Rings books, The Fellowship of the Ring, The Two Towers, The Return of the King, are, number one, more serious, number two, much longer, and number three, more difficult. Just the English, you know, the sentence structures, the vocabulary, uh, significantly different and more difficult than The Hobbit. And of course, it's also fantasy, so there are lots of strange words in there, you know, um, words that 
Tolkien made. They're not English words. Well, I would say Dune is kind of a similar book. It's science fiction, so again, it's got a lot of words that are you know, that the writer created. They're not real English. Um, maybe actually, maybe a bit easier than Lord of the Rings. The sentence structure is probably uh, a little bit easier, but because of all that science fiction vocabulary, um, maybe a little bit difficult to understand. Okay, now back to the quote, back to the line from the book. Fear is the mind killer. This is something the, the, uh, the main character in Dune, the hero, he repeats this to himself all the time. Fear is the mind killer. Fear is the mind killer. Anytime there's a scary situation, a difficult, dangerous situation, he repeats this to himself to calm himself. He reminds himself not to be afraid. Fear is the mind killer. It means... Fear kills your your mind. It means uh, fear destroys your clear thinking. I think we all know that's true, right? This is one of the problems of fear. When you're afraid, you don't think clearly. It makes you make bad decisions sometimes. Often, fear will cause you to make very bad decisions. You know, for example... One of the things fear does often is it causes you to exaggerate risks in your mind. Exaggerate means to make something too big, too strong in your mind. So, for example, um, maybe something is a, a little bit risky, a little bit dangerous. But if you feel fear in your mind, you will make it f- seem bigger and bigger and bigger. You'll make it seem much, much more dangerous than it actually is, right? The fear uh, causes you to exaggerate dangers, exaggerate risk. So you're not really seeing the situation clearly because of the fear. Of course, another thing fear does is prevents action. It's very easy when you're afraid to become hesitant or paralyzed. Hesitant meaning you, 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 you wait, you wait, you wait, you wait. Instead of taking action, instead of making a decision quickly and doing what you need to do, you, uh, I don't know, uh, right? You're, you're indecisive, meaning not decisive. You, you, you don't make decisions clearly and quickly when you're afraid often. You act more slowly. Or sometimes you become paralyzed, not literally paralyzed. I mean, you can still move your muscles, but kind of mentally paralyzed where sometimes when you're really afraid, you just, you'll do nothing, right? You just, uh, you're too afraid to do anything. You won't take action. You won't make a decision. Even if you know you need to do something, even if you know what the correct decision is, you won't do it because you're so afraid. And then overall, like I was saying uh, with this quote from Dune, in general, very generally, fear blocks clear thinking. It, it confuses us often. The strong emotion, especially when the fear is strong, it confuses us. So we're not seeing clearly. We're not understanding clearly. We're making bad decisions. We're thinking crazy thoughts. All these things happen 
when we're afraid. And this is why we can make so many bad mistakes when we're afraid. I'll give you a short example from my own life. You guys probably know, you all know about my uh, experience of living in my car. This was back uh, many years ago before Effortless English. And I was quite focused at that time in my life. I wanted to be financially free. I was tired of working jobs that I hated. And I had just had a couple jobs that I really, really hated. I did not like them at all. I was very, very unhappy working full time all the time. I wanted some financial independence and I wanted some of my own time back. I felt like I was just working all the time, constantly working, get up early in the morning, go to work, and then not enjoy my job at all and just be exhausted after work, too tired to do anything. So just come home, eat, lay around, maybe watch a video and then go to bed, then wake up early, go to work again. It just seemed endless. And I'm like, what is, what kind of life is this? I'm not doing anything I enjoy in my life. I feel like I'm kind of a, a slave to these jobs. I was not happy. And I, at that time, I was rereading, reading again, one of my favorite books, Walden by Henry David Thoreau. Probably my favorite book by an American writer, at least non, non-religious book. It's probably my favorite. And this book is about a man. Uh, it's about his experience living a very, very simple life. He, he was also kind of having a, a, a time in his life where he felt like, you know, he wanted freedom and he wanted to just live as simply as possible so he could focus on his own life. And he went into the woods near this town where he used to live. And he just found some land and he built his own simple house from wood, from cutting trees down. And then he made a little uh, garden and he grew his own food and we'd make his own bread. It was next to a lake, a pond called Walden Pond. So he would fish, he would catch fish in there and uh, basically lived a super simple life. And it had a lot of great benefits. It gave him... a huge amount of freedom. And he realized, wow, I actually I don't have to work so hard. If I if I will live very, very simply, I can have a lot of freedom and therefore happiness in my life. And throw in this book, there's so many great quotes from that book, Walden, and one of the quotes is that, you know, the things you own end up owning you. Right? He's, he's like that people can become slaves to their Greed. They can become slaves to their possessions because they are holding on to these things so strongly that they will work, 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 work like slaves to keep them. And then they will, they will lose their freedom just to hold on to all of these possessions or money or whatever. So this, uh, this had a quite a strong effect on me at this time of my life because I was feeling quite similar. I was feeling like a slave to my jobs. And I thought, okay, well, maybe I could do what Thoreau did. And I thought about it. I thought, well, I'm not, it, I don't think I want to go live out in the mountains or in the country and build my own house. I'm not, I don't really want to do that. Um, so I thought, you know, I kind of, I would like to still be 
kind of in this in my town, this my, my hometown. I enjoy that, I, and I know people there, and uh, but I would like to live super simply. So I kind of thought of like, what would a modern version of Walden be? Instead of living in a cabin, a little wooden house, I thought, well, I could live in my car. It's kind of like the, a modern version, and it would have uh, it would have some advantages. I could uh, I would have transportation too, especially in America where. The bus systems and the train systems are so bad in most places. So that, you know, okay, I'll kind of do this same same thing, the same idea as Thoreau, live super simply, living in this little small car for the same purpose, so that I could avoid rent. I could reduce my expenses extremely and I got quite excited about this idea and I started planning it and planning it and planning it but then what happened well you can imagine that you know this was actually quite a big thing to do I'd never done anything like that before so it was unknown and Suddenly, all these fears came up, right? I started imagining all of these fears. And exactly like what I just described, I started, first I started imagining all these exaggerated dangers, right? I imagine, oh, what if, what if some, uh, some criminals, you know, uh, bother me and attack me while I'm in my car at night sleeping? What if the police uh, bother me and, and arrest me and throw me in jail? What if, uh, you know, I, all these just... You know, crazy things I started thinking of. You know, extreme, exaggerated risks. I mean, there were certainly were some risks. I'll talk about those in a second. But I, w- I exaggerated them, right? I made them bigger, 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 bigger in my mind. And then I started to hesitate. And, oh, I don't know, should I do this? Uh, right? That hesitation that comes with fear. Now, luckily... I was so unhappy at my job that I overcame the fear. Right? I was so miserable, so unhappy that I just th- thought, oh, forget it. No, I have to do this. Because what's the choice? It's these fears. My other choice is to stay in the job that I hate and to be a s- this slave to the job that I hate. And that was actually still much worse than my fears, even my exaggerated fears. So luckily, I overcame those fears and I did it you know I I quit my job I lived in my car the first time I lived for one summer and I discovered that yes those fears were exaggerated now actually I did get bugged by the police a couple times but they didn't arrest me they were actually very nice I just chatted with them and they they actually uh, were helpful to me I think I think it's actually just once that first time was just one time I had a policeman knocked on my window because I was sleeping in a parking space uh, in the downtown area of my town and I told him well you know told him what I was doing said I don't want to bother anybody where should I park what would be a good place to park and he actually gave me a good suggestion he said he gave me some suggestions told me where some good places to park would be and they wouldn't bother me and I did that and I I never had any problems with the police after that I locked my doors I had I was actually doing this with my dog, so my dog was sleeping with me in the back seat. So, actually, you know, I was quite safe from any kind of criminals or anybody bothering me. Never got bothered by anyone. I got woken up 
by some drunk people a few times. They were not directly bothering me. They were just loud and they were walking by my car. But, you know, the actual risks, the actual um, you know, negative things were much, 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 much smaller than my fear had imagined. So it was a very positive experience overall. I learned that I could indeed live very simply. I broke that slave uh, dependence on these jobs that I hated. And, you know, it was kind of one of the first big steps towards my full financial independence and many other adventures that came later. But I got all those great benefits because I overcame the fear. And I eventually realized, okay, th- this, this fear is stopping me. This, these fears are kind of, they're getting too big. I'm worrying too much. I'm exaggerating the risks. And as I, I started to calm down, and then when I took action, I got a lot of great results. This process happens with a lot of things. The reason I'm talking about this now is that even with things such as a a New Year's resolution, it's quite common, quite common, for some fears to come up. For example, even with something as uh, simple and not dangerous (laughs) as learning English. I mean, learning English isn't dangerous. But I do know that Still, many people will have some fears come up when they make a, a goal. You know, sometimes some people are afraid to j- really make a clear goal, to really write it down and say it. I will speak powerfully, fluently, and effortlessly. I will speak English like a native speaker. This is my goal. I will do it. Why? Because they're afraid. What are the fears that come up about uh, English and English learning? Uh, you know, the first big one is the fear of failure. People are afraid of failing, right? They're afraid that they'll say, I'm going to do this, and they're going to try, and then they'll fail. I think this fear of failure, a lot of it comes from schools, sometimes from parents too, sometimes from other places, but but I think schools especially, you know, all that being graded constantly, taking all those tests and getting all those grades, and everybody's afraid to get, get an F, you know? And I think that kind of goes deep sometimes. Some people are just afraid of failure. They don't even know why they're afraid of failure, honestly. Because if you really think about it, if you fail at, you know, becoming super fluent at English, I mean, what's going to happen to you? You're not going to die. Nothing really terrible will happen. There's really not much reason to be afraid of that failure. But still, people just, the idea of failing scares some people, scares a lot of people. Connected to that fear of failure is the fear of embarrassment. And this is looking bad to other people. So this is another reason people um, can be afraid about making a goal to, to, and taking strong action to speak powerfully and fluently. They're afraid they'll be embarrassed. Number one, they're afraid if they tell other people, I'm going to speak fluently. And if they fail, then they're, they're, they're afraid other people will laugh at them or say bad things about them or judge them. Uh, they're embarrassed uh, by speaking English badly. You know, they try to speak and make a lot of mistakes. Maybe pronunciation's bad. Maybe the other people don't understand you very well. And that makes people feel embarrassed. Oh, I feel bad. Oh, maybe they think I'm, they think I'm stupid. They think I'm 
terrible speaker, you know, all these thoughts. And again, you're exaggerating this usually. Okay, usually these are exaggerated risks and exaggerated fears. Another thing people fear is wasting time and wasting effort, right? So some people are afraid, oh, what if I if I make this big effort? Let's say, I, you know, I join the VIP program or I... Uh, or I just do independently myself and I do two or three hours every day with English and I do this for a full year and I still fail. I wasted all that time. I wasted all that effort. Ah, and they're really afraid of that. They're afraid of making an effort and then wasting it. There's this idea that the time and the effort will, will all be wasted. Which again is really not rational. That's not clear thinking. Because if you, if you take all those efforts, even if you don't reach your highest goal, you definitely are going to make some big improvements. You're definitely going to get a lot better. You're not going to waste the time. You, know, you can ask my VIP members that are on social media, on Gab and on Twitter, you can ask them directly. In fact, I actually prefer, I like it when you ask them directly instead of asking me. You can ask them, you know, is, is VIP a good program? Are you improving with VIP? Have you had success? And they'll tell you. They'll tell you yes. And we've had so many great VIP members who have reached high levels of success speaking English. You know, very fluent, good pronunciation. And they do it just because they, they, they just join the VIP program and they follow the system. That's all you do. Every day, they just follow the system, you know, two hours a day, sometimes just an hour a day, sometimes more than two hours a day. It's up to you, but I recommend about two hours a day. But the people who really succeed, they just follow it. It's just a system and they just do it every single day. After 15 days, they get a new... Uh, set of audios lessons and they download them and they do the same thing again two hours every day every day every day every day and that's it you just follow the system that's it and you just month after month following the system improving 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 and that's how they achieve those high levels of success And of course, when they really start to get to those high levels of success, that's usually when they'll add the pronunciation course then, do that also along with a VIP and get that final really high level of English where you're really getting closer to speaking like a native speaker. And a native speaker is someone who learns to speak English as a baby, right? an American, a British person, right? You'll never be perfect, but you can get close. And we've had some great VIP members who've gotten done very, very well, who are just super fluent, such great English speakers. And also, of course, they're great at reading and writing and all those other things, too. But the speaking and listening, you've got to start there first. Those are the most important. Develop those to a high level first. See, the truth is that we... Usually, mostly, we exaggerate the risks of things that are new or that are scary. 
Anytime we have fear, we are usually exaggerating the risks. Not always, but usually. Now, if you're climbing a tall mountain with no ropes and uh, if you fall, you die, well, then that's a good reason to be afraid. (laughs) That's a good situation where your fear is very rational. It's not exaggerated. You know, you, you will die if you fall. But even in that, that kind of situation, people who must go into those situations, you know, rock climbers who climb without ropes, there are some that do that. Oh, sometimes military people have to do this kind of thing. Uh, even then, even though the danger is very real, they still must learn to control their fear. They still have to learn to get past the fear because the fear doesn't help them after that. I mean, it's good to have some fear so you're not stupid. You don't want to be stupid in very dangerous situations. Of course not. You know, fear is telling you, be careful. That's the, the positive, useful purpose of fear. And it is useful, certainly. Fear is useful. It's telling you, be careful. This is a possibly dangerous situation. So something like that, climbing a tall mountain, if you fall, you die. You get that strong message of fear, be careful, good message. But then you have to kind of learn to turn it off or turn it down. Because if you let the fear take control, then you will not do what's necessary, right? Then if you're trying to climb that mountain, you might just freeze and not do anything. You just hold on as tight as you can, and then you get tired and tired and tired, and then you might actually fall. So, if you let the fear take control, it can actually harm you. It can hurt you. So, it's knowing how to use the fear and understand the fear in an intelligent way. However, for most of us living in the modern world, in our towns and our cities and our comfortable apartments and houses... We're not climbing mountains without ropes. We're not fighting wild animals. We're not in the military in battles getting shot at. So for us, in most of our day-to-day situations, the fears are not intelligent. They're not rational. They're much, much, much too big, much too strong. Our fears become too exaggerated compared to the real risk. So, for example, these fears about uh, English that I discussed, learning English, or focus, making a big effort with English, making a really high goal. Those are just crazy fears, okay? You're not going to die. You're not going to get hurt if you fail. Really, nothing bad is going to happen at all. They're exaggerated, and they're causing you to not have success. Those worries, the fears. Worries are basically small fears about the future. I mean, the truth is, for example, with embarrassment about uh, being embarrassed about other people, the truth is most other people don't care. They don't care. They don't really care what you do. They don't really care if you succeed with your English or if you fail completely. Most people don't care at all. You know, they might say something, you know, they, maybe they'll make a little comment if they're nice, they'll make a little nice positive comment. If they're not nice people, they may they'll make a little negative comment. And that's all. 
they really won't think about it very much because most people think about themselves. The truth is that all of us are working hard on our own lives. We're focused most of the time on our own lives, our own goals, our own problems. So most people just, they're not going to spend a lot of time. They're not going to spend a lot of energy caring about your goals. That's a good thing. It means you don't need to worry about being embarrassed, okay? It doesn't matter. If you, even if you have a huge, big, total failure, most other people, eh, they don't, they just, they're not really going to care. It's no big deal. It's not important to them. It's important to you, but it's not important to them. So worrying about embarrassment doesn't matter. It's the same with you speaking English and if someone else cannot understand you, okay, there's no reason, reason to be embarrassed about that, okay? They, they don't really care. They just, they're just trying to understand. They're not trying to be mean. They just, what? Huh? 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 They might just ask you a few times, what? Huh? What? You might need to make, draw a picture. You might need to write it down to help them understand sometimes. Okay, again, nothing to be afraid of, really. It's no big deal. They don't really care, okay? At worst, at the worst, some other people, they might just be impatient, not patient, okay? Maybe they're in a hurry. Maybe they're busy. Maybe they're distracted. And so maybe they might be a tiny bit rude or something or not very helpful to you. But that's it. That's all. That's, those, are, those are small, small, small risks, okay? Compared to the rewards, the great, huge, amazing rewards, benefits of you making this effort, making these big goals, achieving a big improvement with your English speaking, listening, and of course, your reading and writing later too. Even the fear of failure in for this kind of stuff, for most of your areas of your life, is not rational. It's, it's a mind killer. It kills your mind. It kills your ability to think clearly. Because again, the truth is, failure can often be a very positive thing. Because you can learn a lot from failure. You know, you learn what's not, doesn't work. Sometimes you learn that the goal is not correct. You need to change the goal. Uh, sometimes you, while you're failing, you learn new methods that eventually will help you succeed. Sometimes while you fail, you learn how to be stronger mentally and emotionally. Often you will fail to achieve a very difficult goal, but you'll still make a huge improvement. I talked about this recently in some recent shows. So maybe your goal is, I will speak exactly like a native speaker with a perfect American accent in six months. That's a very big, tough goal. And you make a huge effort and you listen, you join the VIP program, you get the pronunciation course, you uh, get audiobooks, you do three hours, four hours, five hours a day of English. And after six months, you, quote, fail, unquote, right? Meaning, after six months, you still have a little bit of an accent when you speak and you still make some mistakes. And you might say, oh, well, I failed. I did not achieve my goal of being a perfect speaker like a native speaker. But that's crazy because if you make all that effort for six months, I guarantee you will make a huge, huge, huge improvement. So after six months, you may be speaking very fluently, very powerfully, very confidently. Your listening ability is fantastic. 
Your pronunciation, maybe it's not perfect, but it's very good. It's clear. People understand you. So it's crazy to think that is a failure. It's not a failure. Okay, you failed to get the exact goal, but you made huge, huge improvements. Your ability is excellent. You're now a very advanced level English speaker. Those are all great, big successes. Finally, you know, fears, a lot of times, I think the greatest fears are fear of the unknown, fear of things that are new, that are uncertain, that are unknown. You just don't know about it. So you're afraid to try it. You're afraid to do it. That was me with the car living experiment, right? I mean, most of it was just unknown. It was so different than anything I had done before. Also, I didn't know anyone else. I didn't have anyone else that I knew who had already done it. So, I really didn't know what to expect exactly. You know, I kind of tried to guess and plan, but really most of it was just kind of unknown. And often the unknown is the worst in terms of fear because then, because we don't know, it's hard to imagine, that's when all the fears start popping up. Just all these crazy fears will pop into your head because it's an unknown situation. But the truth is, just like my experience living in the car, that the unknown often often will give you great opportunities. Too often, we will focus on the all the possible crazy fears and bad things that might happen. And we forget to focus also on all the amazing good things that might happen in these unknown situations. Because when these unknown situations, very frequently, you'll get wonderful surprises amazingly good things will happen that you never thought about you never expected unexpected opportunities unexpected good luck you'll meet unexpected people who will be wonderful people that you'll learn from them or you'll be friends with them you'll get all kinds of unexpected positive experiences And because it's a new unknown situation, you just have no way of imagining it. You just have to let go of that fear and take action and then those great things come to you. And it's kind of like, you know, like if you, you speak English and you just plan a trip, go, go visit Britain, go visit America and just use your English to walk around and get hotels and planes and most of all, just talk to people meet people and talk to them and you have no idea who you might meet and the great experiences you might have because of your ability to speak English because you overcome that fear you know very famous quote and idiom now in English it's an idiom because it's so famous is fortune favors the bold fortune favors the bold fortune means good luck or destiny favors means helps the bold. The bold means people who are courageous, people who overcome fear. It means when you are courageous, when you overcome fear, you'll get good luck. It's kind of strange, but it's true. You will find this is true very often in life. Not always. Nothing is 100% in life. No guarantees. But you will find that the more you overcome fear, the more you take actions, even scary actions, that somehow... Lots and lots and lots of unexpected good things will happen to you. 
You'll have more and more and more good fortune as you become more bold. You take stronger, more courageous, more fearless actions. And so as we start this new year, I encourage you to start it with boldness. We went through that whole process of making your resolutions, you know, dreams and your vision and connecting it to character and creating the specific goals, the systems. This last weekend with uh, our book club, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, we talked even more about goals. But to all of that, I would like to add this little extra bit of advice or energy do it all with boldness right you can do all of this that whole, all those things i was discussing the vision the goal setting the systems all of that everything from the book the seven habits of highly effective people you could do all of that while at the same time you have a lot of fear and worry the whole time you could be kind of fearful and worried or not sure on the other hand, you could do all of those things, that whole process, with boldness. Boldness, courage, fearlessness, right? With that great energy of boldness, like, I'm just doing this. Forget the fear. Push the fear aside. Just jump in with that great mental and emotional power, Right? You can, you can walk forward with little, small, weak steps, or you can walk forward with big, strong, powerful steps without fear. I'm doing this. I'm doing this this year. Right? It's, it's a different feeling. It's the same action, but it's a different emotional energy. That, that boldness will give you such great power. That boldness will help you to overcome lots of little small problems. You can make lots of little mistakes if you're bold. This is another reason that fortune favors the bold. It's because little mistakes, you'll just push right through them. They won't even bother you. right? When you have this bold, energetic, powerful mentality, mindset, emotion... You will just push through the small failures, the small mistakes, the small difficulties. You can just laugh and keep going forward with power and energy. If you let the fears get too big and strong, well, then what happens? Then every little problem feels big. Every little difficulty uh, you, you complain about. Right? Every little mistake you feel bad about, you feel embarrassed about. And so you'll go much more slowly and you, you'll have less fun. Maybe that's the, the best reason of all to be bold. It's more fun. It's a more enjoyable mindset. Right? Like going into, like living in that car, to go back to my example... I could have done it with fear or I could do it could have done it with boldness. Now luckily I overcame the fear. I did it with boldness. So it became a fun and exciting and playful 
experience. I did it with boldness. I was like, I'm doing this. I finally just said, I'm doing this. I'm going to have a great time. This is going to be amazing. This is an adventure. That was my mindset when I finally did it, after I overcame the fear. And so it completely changed how I felt as I did it. It wasn't a scary experience. It was a fun, exciting adventure. And of course, that's still my memory of it. It was great. Now imagine if I instead, I could have still done it. What if I had done it, but the whole time I was worried all the time? What if every day in my car, I was, oh my God, what if someone attacks me? Oh my God, what if the police bother me again? Oh my God, uh, and just worry, worry, fear, 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 fear. I would have, I, same action, but my enjoyment would have been terrible, right? It would have been no fun at all. So I guess this is my way of saying that the final step of New Year's resolutions, the final step of that whole process is enjoy the process. Do it with boldness, with a playful, bold, courageous, even fun mindset, emotion, attitude. It will totally change it, right? At the end of this year, December 2019, you will be 12 months older. You will have, you know, practiced your English all that time. Maybe you have other goals too, health and fitness and other things. You'll have done those things, but it makes a big difference if you do them with worry and fear or if you do them with boldness and fun an adventurous mindset. You'll enjoy the year better with a bold attitude. Even the small problems might be enjoyable to you. Sometimes problems are fun to overcome. Sometimes it's fun to figure out the solution to problems. Especially after you do it, you feel, ah, you feel even more powerful. I did it. I overcame that. Yes. I mean, that's why we choose difficult things to do sometimes they make us stronger so my message to you as you move forward into this year of 2019 is to go forward with boldness with a bold heart And of course, go to EffortlessEnglishClub.com, join my VIP program, get started on it. <laughs> join my VIP program now at EffortlessEnglishClub.com, commit at EffortlessEnglishClub.com.